0: Don't let this world tell you lies. Butterflies, butterflies, butterflies. Look, that's that shy love. It's kind of hard just to find love. Let us die in love. Rubies, jewels, diamonds get us out of mind like with time bombs. Huh. I come, you already know where I'm from. Got a gift where they lie none. Check, and you might hear him chime some, but never mind them. Nah, hold hands, run and find the rainbow. Speak to God until we meet an angel tongue kisses until i reach your navel this can be forever till god bless us with the halo this is not a fairy tale but we both came from a rut wonder why they you down until i feel your nature up if this love is a poem i'm still focused on that but little sense of humor for heat heaping panties up and volcanoes erupt what's up hey did you guys like that
1: Yeah, you did. That was Nate Boogie, and we have the honor and privilege of having him on our episode today. What up, what up? My name is Susie, and you're listening to Just Press Foreplay. Now, before we get into this week's episode, you know all the beginnings. Like and subscribe if you have not already. If you're already a subscriber, thank you so much. I love and appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to do me a very special favor, and something to show us how much you love and appreciate the episode, please go give us a five-star rating. I would love to give you guys some free stickers if you do so, so please hop onto our Instagram and send me a DM of the rating that you sent us, and then I will get a shipping address from you and send you some free stickers. Like always, the best spot to be able to go do that is going to be at justpressforeplay.com. While you're there, please check out our merch shop. This week, I have dropped some brand new designs. We have icon logos, which are now embroidered. So I made a sweatpants set. I actually made two sweatpants sets, and I made two different versions of beanies and a vintage denim hat to go with it, too. And let me tell you, it's fucking dope. So you guys should go check that out on the website while you're there. Don't forget to check out our Reddit tab, our Pinterest tab. Follow us on all the goods. We got Instagram um, and we're on Facebook as well. Not sure how long those platforms will be around, but regardless, go give us a like on there while you can. Today, we have Nate, who is an awesome friend and follower of mine on Instagram. Um, Super supportive. I found your music back in May, I think it was. Is that when your Empowered Woman song came out?
0: Yeah came out like May 23rd it was the release of my first actual single well like my sexual my sex my second actual single that I released but okay
1: what was the first one
0: uh do what you say you do future and Angelina yeah
1: is that uh so I had seen a lot of pictures you were posting that were kind of like Adam and Eve style was that for promoting that
0: so uh, it kind of was, but it kind of wasn't. It was more for a new single that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of working on right now called Vulnerability. Okay. So it's, it's like me, like, stripping myself naked of all my insecurities and mishaps in my life and just, like, actually being naked and actually appreciating my body and my mind and spirit for what it is. That's so yeah, awesome. It just ain't hit the mainstream yet. That's all.
1: Well, that's okay. I mean, sometimes I feel like more independent stuff as long as it's shared with the right people sometimes mainstream takes things and turns it into things it wasn't meant to be so yeah. it's like having independent artists who work on stuff and pour their heart and soul into it is so much more special than hitting the mainstream I think you know
0: yeah I just kind of I'd rather like have it be all the way critique to perfection in my eyes and then like put it out there yeah. instead of putting something out there and then actually having viewers like determine if it's all the way well done or whatever or whatnot so
1: yeah I mean sometimes when you're coming from the heart though
0: (laughs) for real for real yeah when I come from the heart when it's when it's seriously from the heart then I try to hurry up and rush it but yeah when I'm more conscious and I'm like thinking about it and just want to like be patient and humble and make sure that everything is like aligned and
1: yeah all the words are right too how long have you been like writing your own music
0: oh man for a while I've been writing since I was like 12 I'm 38 now
1: wow so. yeah. wow what are some of the like stages you've seen like the the evolution of your music because you said wow. now you're starting to do like self-care and like watching over yeah. yourself but it probably wasn't always that way
0: yeah it wasn't always that way I mean I was uh I was a little delinquent child I mean I have my little mishaps and we all do <laughs> My little institutional times and stuff, I won't get too into it, but yeah, I mean, my little adolescence days was kind of like terrorizing the city and stuff like that, just as a child, just doing stupid stuff. And it
1: kind of reflected it.
0: Yeah, it kind of reflected it. And as I got older, I just started seeing like the true meaning behind like hip hop or like artistry, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. a, A poetic uh expression for me you know what i mean so i get to express like how i came into it how i grew into it and then how like the rose blossomed at the end so it's
1: yeah. like yeah yep it, up out of the concrete <laughs>
0: <laughs> for real for real but that's uh, awesome. it's a situation i mean i love music for most definitely self-care purposes um it's a it's a good way to express yourself and to extinguish like um you know, certain traumas or trials that you may be going through in your life. So it helps a lot. So that's yeah. why I do it.
1: It's yeah. almost like when you when you get to sit in the feeling of it, you, you get to like close the loop, you know? So it's no longer like an untreated feeling you have.
0: For sure, for sure. I mean, uh, you get awareness from it. You, if you actually write, it's said that if you actually write and then you go back and read what you write, most of the time, you you forget certain parts that's in there, and when you actually see it for what it is, it's like a, a light bulb, you know, that just like turns on. Like, oh wow, I didn't even realize I said that, and it just comes yeah. out so either perfect or non perfect. But I mean, for the most part, you get to see it like at face value. So
1: yeah, and as we grow, when we go back and read too, like things change. You're like, wow, I didn't realize I was like actually in that place you know
0: <laughs> Real, for real yeah I, I've been in some dark places in my life so I mean it done been tough I mean a lot of family situations a lot of self situations that I've been through in France and stuff like that and then you know pandemic stuff like that that actually just happens out of nowhere and then hits you
1: yeah so. it rips all your shadows out of you <laughs>
0: yeah definitely so I mean you just got to find a balance I think I just found a balance in music and then I just I started there started over right where I was at
1: yeah yeah I love that because it's it's such a beautiful thing when people can turn their creatives just to heal heal themselves you know so many times we we think our past and where we came from is like something we should be ashamed of but it's not what we turn it into is what where all of the beauty is you know
0: yeah most definitely most definitely (laughs) yeah I still believe like no matter how old you get you can always be a work in progress. You know what Absolutely. I mean? You can always just keep growing. So like even when you're at your most, like I call it still moment where you're not really doing too much of anything, it's still room for growth. So I just allow myself to think within myself because that's the main place where we need to grow. I know a lot of us think like we need financial gain or we need material gain or we need, uh, what is it? Condolence, or not condolence, or like love from other people, mm-hmm. but when love within yourself, it's a different type of passion, you know, and uh, it feels better
1: for yeah. sure. Yeah, I, I, um, I want to say like a couple years ago, because I'm an empath, so I kind of like absorb everyone's energy, and so I had to get to a spot where I was like, okay. I can walk outside and I feel what everyone's feeling, but like, does anyone feel what I'm putting out? Cause I know that I'm good. I know I'm a good person. So how do I learn to like start emitting energy rather than just start absorbing what everyone's doing? You know?
0: It's a hard thing, especially like when, you know, you're doing interviews with people and stuff like that, like that has to be tough. You know what I mean? (laughs) All the different characteristics that people have and that they, they give off. It's kind of hard. It's like you have to find your balance within those people and within yourself. So it's like you got to learn how to vibe off of people, I guess.
1: Yep. And no longer take things like personal, you know, it's just like, oh, OK, like there's a reason behind that. Or like maybe yeah. you see something in me that's triggering something in you, you know, it's like we're all yeah. just human trying to trying to make it and figure out how to connect with one another.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, it's like communication. I look at it like communication. We talk about it a lot. We talk about it in social media. We talk about it in politics. We talk about it pretty much in everything that we do. But for the most part, we don't, we don't initiate like that that main, um, that main source of just actually uh, being humble with one another or patient yeah. with and actually hearing, hearing the other person's, you know, opinion on why they feel that way you know what I mean so yeah
1: before putting all your opinions on it
0: or just throwing them on there, like well I feel I feel you know that I statement is start hitting you like oh my goodness no. yep
1: and you're like did you even listen at all
0: <laughs> for, real, for real for real but it's like I learned to well I learned it from a, a, bi- a biblical uh, proverb that a, a wise man never talks or or a wise man doesn't say too much he has few words and so if, if one man is, is talking a lot, just like overly trying to express himself and the wise person is like not saying too much of anything, he's going to be able to take in more of the, the negative and the positive from what that person is speaking of, you know, and then he's going to be able to have, let me see a retort for the most part on why he feels that way mm-hmm. just for just for being a listener though you know what I mean
1: yeah and go, and you get to but, filter the information
0: yeah you get to split it all up and then I mean just look for them keywords I mean we was taught that in like middle school or grade school look pick out the keywords that way you'll know what is basically the sentence sort of paragraph is talking about and uh that's kind of how I learned like how I was how I was kind of taught to decipher the good and the bad and the right and the wrong yeah without having to judge them, you know, at face value, so.
1: Like coming from an observer kind of perspective.
0: For sure. And yeah. it helps because it's like, they got their point across. It kind of feel like you had to hold all yours in, but it's like, you really never really had too much to say if you didn't say nothing back anyway, you know? Right,
1: I mean? that's true. Yep.
0: <laughs> For um, so you
1: do some work with kids and music, don't you?
0: Most definitely. I did a, uh, I did like a show for a school out here in Portland, Oregon called uh, Park Rose. And it was like middle-aged uh, children. Um, it was like a couple of classes, maybe like 30, 40 children. And they just got to come down and, and get like the rough edges of what hip hop is. with yeah. like the, And the dancing and, and the whole culture, and the whole culture behind rhyming and everything. So it was, it was pretty cool. I enjoyed it for the most part but that That's was really
1: like an experience
0: yeah it was dope I had fun doing it it was like the one time that I actually had to, that I actually got to work with a school so I mean it was it was pretty fresh for me
1: yeah it's cool seeing kids in their in their creative element seeing them start to open up you know you have the shy kids at first and then towards the end <laughs> of it they're like
0: <laughs> for real yeah it was surprised. we had like uh I had like a little intermission on like bullying at schools or whatnot, and I brought up the subject and then like towards the end, a young, a young lady, young, a young girl came up and was kind of like in her feelings, like crying a little bit, but wanted to express how she was being bullied. And I was like, well, that she felt that comfortable to, you know, at least like speak up about it because, you know, a lot of people won't you know, especially well, children. Yeah,
1: it's it's hard to make a safe space for kids where they, you know, can really express themselves.
0: For real. And especially like if they're in a bad space where they feel like there's no way out and their back mm-hmm. is again, but well, they most definitely won't speak to you about it. So, you know, be able to come up and actually talk to us about how she was feeling about being bullied and being able to reference her to her teachers to get help about the situation. It was...
1: yeah. It just goes to show like how much words and frequency and all of that is is deeply, deeply healing. Like you can go to counseling, you know.
0: Years
1: (laughs) yeah, but it's like frequency, passion, and around people who are like in their genuine essence, you know.
0: And that moment, it's just those moments. Yeah.
1: Uh. I mean, I think we're on a path to a better world and I'm excited. I know things are crazy right now, but it's really it's like the pendulum swing of things, you know? It's forcing all of us to jump into our creatives.
0: For real, creative activities and gestures and yep. ways of life, and our uniqueness yep. and, and everything, man, and just actually be yourself without being embarrassed or feeling belittled or any of that, man, because uh, I don't know. I feel like we all, we all have a voice and an opinion and we should be able to share it and express it without feeling ashamed of. It. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So what are some of the things you do for your like creative process when you're Uh, feeling inspired or when you're not feeling inspired but need to be inspired?
0: (laughs) For real. So like when I need to be inspired, then like I don't know, I kind of work out, I do like some meditation. I'm a social drinker and a social porter. So you know, not, not saying that against anybody else, but uh it kind of helps me with my vibe and what I got going on. Plus, uh, I use it for other, particip- I don't know how to say word, for reasons or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, for the most part, man, that's just how I catch my vibe. I just get alone. I get very alone, i be still and I just wait for my mind to start running.
1: Let the ideas finish. come to you.
0: And just let them flow, that's yeah. it.
1: I read this I read this book and they had a word in it. I think the book was called Big Magic, but the yeah. word was a form of daemon which sounds very similar to demon which is kind of like how modern America has spun it, but yeah. the Greek root of it was okay. daemon and the thought behind it is that ideas come to us as their right. own individual entities. And so if you're someone who it thinks will appreciate the blessing of an amazing idea and run with it, it comes to you. And if you don't take it and appreciate it, it goes to someone else. And the coolest part about it was she was explaining how she was writing a book and she sat on it for three years with this great idea. And then she ran into one of her favorite authors like the year after, and she was (laughs) writing the same, basically the same book, just very small little differences. That's crazy. I'm like, wow! Like that's such a powerful thing to think of. Is you know, like life is so much bigger than just us and our creative ideas. It's like there's so many things floating around. You know, yeah. do you ever feel that way? Like you get inspired by something, you're like, whoa! Where did that come from?
0: Most definitely, uh, I, man, I'm like so like, I'm a hip hop, like, uh, man, kind of sewer. So like, I take pieces of little bits of everything from all hip hop artists rock and roll indie artists r&b you know just a little bit of everything and then my day-to-day life and just being in the world period and then I just kind of like I put them in a bowl and I mix it up like gumbo and yep. you know and just taste test it you know what I mean <laughs>
1: it's like taste take it. a deep breath and just trust
0: <laughs> or best to just man trust the process and just hope that it come out you know glorious. Yeah. Yep. yeah
1: sometimes that's the best way to do it just you know, when we when we overthink it, we put too much like geometrics and logic into it, then we get caught up in the equation and it no longer flows.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you, and I'm a critic. Like I'm 38 and I'm just like just now releasing singles and, and putting music out. And I've been writing for like so long, like a lot of people know me for my music. And it's like, dang, when you gonna put this song out? I'm like, okay, it's coming. So. Yep,
1: now's the time. At least now you have a whole like, you know, plethora of music to keep playing with and, and keep refining. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Crazy, for sure, for sure. And I mean, the best part though, because I mean, being a critic, you always want it to be the best and yes. not for my for everybody else. So I want to be making sure that the words that I'm saying is politically correct and I'm not that body's gen- gender or sexuality preference or anything like that. Um, so yeah. I mean, being thirty-eight, being a little bit wiser, and having a little bit better understanding about how people feel and their feelings and my feelings,
1: yeah. it
0: makes it makes it easier for sure.
1: Yeah, and how to represent yourself,
0: man, That's most definitely. Cool. Yeah.
1: Um, since you've started uh, having more of like the creative, tapping into yourself type of side for your style of music, have you noticed like your sexual experiences change from that, like off the energy you put off, like? being yourself?
0: Yeah, most definitely, uh, as far as sexual change, I was, I'm gonna say I'm more open to different ideas, and, um, always had, like, a strong sex drive. I don't know how deep you can get into that, but, it's like, it's the my, creatives,
1: it's the creatives.
0: <laughs> yeah, for real, like, I believe in love, so I believe in love deeply and passionately, and, you know, um, As far as, like, the whole sex thing, like, I would rather have a partner that I can share that with than to, like, just explore, like, a whole lot of different, you know, people, or I should say. But I'm very most uh, definitely in tune with my own sexuality and, like, loving myself and, you know, pleasuring myself and making sure that um, I'm in the right state of mind as far as that goes without breaking any stipulations <laughs>
1: like watching what energy you're giving them as well
0: <laughs> same time you know what i mean at least let me make it pat for myself so other people can enjoy it the same way you know what right mean?
1: right yeah, yeah i think that's a huge thing i think we've we've gotten like i feel like a lot of women are very dependent on their their partner to kind of like get them to achieve orgasms and stuff but i feel like we should really be Focusing on ourself. Like it changes how you come into a sexual experience when you're competent with who you are.
0: Most definitely, most definitely. Uh especially like if you are already in tune with yourself, like with like with my preference. Like if I'm in a relationship, I want to pleasure her. You know what I mean? Because her pleasure is my pleasure. Mm-hmm. Like her by her being pleasure, it makes it easier for my pleasure to be, you know what I'm saying? A company or a company or however you would say it. But uh yeah, sex is, I think sex is a big part of a relationship, a big part of self-understanding in everybody's life. It's just the way that we express it and open up to it because it can be, it can be rubbed off the wrong way towards people that's strict in our society. Let's just say it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, which makes it hard. So I try to express it in a way to where. It's not too explicit, but at the same time, you can see the dimensions of it that uh opens up another portal, I say, in the mind.
1: No, um, absolutely. In a lot of ways, like sexual experiences are just like you know, writing certain types of music. It can be very poetic if you understand it to be that way.
0: Most definitely, uh, I feel like if you've been through enough sexual encounters, the words in the poetry actually comes off a little bit better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not like you have to have numerous of partners, but like say you have one partner and you guys express sexuality to a point of where you're open enough to be able to express it in a way to people that people will understand it. Mm-hmm. I think it makes it easier. It makes it easier, not only for you, but for other people.
1: Yeah. And it like removes this taboo of people being like, is it normal? Is this, is this normal? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Explore your pleasures. Like as long as you're not hurting anyone, as long as you're not touching children, then yes, it's normal. Man,
0: definitely. And I mean, that's, that's basically what it boils down to, but it's like, how do you express it without the children actually seeing it or understanding it? Cause I mean, they see in everything that we're doing too, especially as like public figures and, and stuff like that. So like, I even thought about it I I quizzed myself on it I did like the whole sex aid (laughs) when you learn sex aid like sixth grade so like oh yeah
1: well it's interesting because we always teach things like that in like large classrooms and I feel like when you do that there's always like one or two kids who aren't noticed in how they're absorbing the information
0: like
1: I feel like it's such a sensitive topic it should be like I've, I've talked about this in one of my previous episodes, but my aunt, she taught my cousins from like four years old, they could recite every body part. And it wasn't a sexualized thing. It was just yeah. knowing the anatomy of your body. You yeah, know, and I, I think there's so much beauty in that.
0: Yeah, most definitely. I think I became, became sexual active when I was like nine. But I mean, like the, the society that I grew up in also kind of expressed it. It's like a non-caring way so like seeing it how they saw it was different but then expressing it and trying to be like how i saw it
1: yeah it, i mean yeah it's like we're not really given the proper like foundation to go off of with it and then we're like i'm feeling these things let me just like run <laughs> at it full speed and then we're like oh whoa i'm traumatized now you know
0: for real for real that's i mean that's usually how i break down um, I mean, I wish I could have went about it a little bit different when I was growing up, but I don't know. I'm kind of happy the way it turned out for the most part. Um, I don't know. I'm just very secure with my, my sexuality, so it makes it easier for
1: me. And sometimes it takes trauma to get there, you know? Sometimes it does. For,
0: for real, it do. It do. I say um, in some all cases. No, go ahead. No, I was just saying in some cases, not all cases. Oh,
1: right? yes. Yeah. No, no, I agree. I also, though, I feel like some cases, even though, like, it's unfortunate that a situation had happened to you, there's also yeah. the moments to consider, like, maybe it helped prevent you from a situation that could have been fatal in the future. Like, maybe there was a drastic lesson that if you didn't learn it this way, it would have been worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I- it's hard, but it's like adjusting how you look at it a little bit.
0: Yeah, I can see that for sure. Like I've been in a couple of situations. Um, I had a situation when I was actually married and um, a young girl was staying with us and was naked and I, I approached her in a sexual way. You know what I'm saying? Not to say that came from it, but at the same time it was inappropriate. You feel me? And so we went about it and talked about it, the whole situation, and it just kind of, like, aired out itself. But, I mean, for the most part, everybody is okay, so.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, you handled it with communication and accountability, and I feel like that's what everyone needs to start, like, you know, realizing for themselves.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's hard for a lot of people because some people just don't know how to express Mm -hmm. their, their failures. I call them failures or downfalls you know mm-hmm. but it's like once you free yourself from those demons then it puts you on a a clear path or a clear mind state to be able to continue your journey in life how yeah, I it's like
1: no longer a weight that holds you
0: yeah that holds you down for sure
1: um so when as far as like self care goes when you notice that you're kind of getting well I guess you kind of already talked about it, you see you go and do social stuff yeah, um, but yeah. If you're feeling low, do you still go out and, like, or do people, like, drain you or do they just... Uh,
0: uh I, oh, like, I'm a social person, but, like, I can only socialize for, like, so long and then I'm, like, what is there else to talk about, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. just, like, sharing that, sharing that space with somebody is cool. It's, like, we can have a conversation, we can pop in and be able to, you know, talk about certain topics or whatnot, but then it's just, like, okay, what we run out of things to talk about. It's like, okay, well, I don't mind just chilling with you or like, you know, let's just post up or just, you know, just share this, this energy. This this, <laughs> it, we got to talk, you just share this space. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah. I don't know. That's kind of how I see it.
1: Just kind of enjoying the moment and just kind of being in the vibe.
0: For sure. And that's pretty much it.
1: No, I mean, that's good. Sometimes simple is the best when you have like too many routines and too many, like I got to do all of this and then I'll be okay. It's like, no, <laughs> just breathe. Like you got everything you need, just breathe.
0: <laughs> for real, for real.
1: Um, so as far as like, let's, let's talk about some of your like sexual experiences. Do you want to share the most surprising and like the freakiest, or do you want to share one or the other?
0: I mean, it's up to you. You question me on it and I throw it out there. I don't really have a preference.
1: Okay, um, let's from, let's do most surprising. Let's do most surprising because I think those are always fun.
0: Most surprising, uh, a porno store or what is it called, a porn shop? Yeah. So yeah, me and an ex was in a porn shop and uh, it's a room in the back. So we actually uh, had intercourse in the room while other people was in the room watching pornos. Oh
1: my goodness! Wait, did you guys walk in together?
0: We walked in together. We came in together. Left together. I, I think wonder was, if they
1: put up. I wonder if they put up cameras in these sex shops just because they know every once in a while.
0: Yeah, they most definitely had the cameras up. The people was most definitely watching us. Um, like it's most, it was the most spontaneous time that I have sexually encountered.
1: That's fun though. <laughs> it
0: was. I ain't gonna no front. It was super fun, and then like. Didn't even like really like enjoy it, but it was just fun to even try to attempt it.
1: Did you know anyone I mean? look at you guys funny when you came out of the back room?
0: No, we actually got tips from it. Like people were like enjoying it. They were throwing dollars at us and everything. It was great.
1: Oh no, that's super <laughs> funny. Can I ask how old you were?
0: I'm 38. I'm so I'm like 37, maybe 36, 72. Oh, okay, so this is like <laughs> 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 nice. <laughs> okay. already. No, but it, and she she was a good person. She was a good person, most definitely. We had a lot of fun there. We just yeah, you know, and that's
1: a fun story. So
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget <laughs> it. Too. My most freaky, I can throw the most freakiest out there. Most freakiest time was I saved threesome in a hotel with me and my significant other.
1: Did so. you guys plan it, or was it like something that was spontaneous? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was spontaneous. It was spurred a moment. Nice. Just, I think it was New Year's. We was kind of tipsy, feeling it a little bit. Oh, yeah. Just went for it. Was
1: it someone that you guys would, like, never see again, or was it someone you guys yeah, was, was,
0: yeah, it was most definitely one of those types. That's <laughs> like,
1: perfect. I feel like that's the most significant way to have it be.
0: It's that way. It's like, it's easier that way. It's like a, a wham-bam-thank-you-ma'am type of situation. He yep. enjoyed it. Yeah, Clock strikes
1: midnight. It's a new year.
0: <laughs> uh, actually, me and another guy and my significant other. So I oh, don't know. It was dope though. I had fun. I uh- appreciate <laughs> it. <for
1: sure. laughs> we all need fun, like more fun sexual experiences in our life. I feel like it like opens you up to not being so like you know just yeah. caught in yourself.
0: <laughs> I was minded about it. It's hard though. You gotta understand. It's hard. People don't really want to give away their whole. What's it called? Their their little energy thing that they got going on. And I understand it. I get it now. Most definitely, like it's better to share that with somebody than to just like be randomly out there trying to do that.
1: But you can have like like you know yours being with your significant other. You have your like rock person, and then you know you can experiment from there. Not with other people, but together or whatever.
0: Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you
1: know whatever your guys's boundaries are.
0: That's <laughs> where that communication come in. yeah
1: exactly (laughs) just being open to the conversation I guess
0: (laughs) but it's dope it's dope it was fun I had fun she enjoyed it I enjoyed it we lied about it but still enjoyed it but it was dope we appreciate
1: (laughs) um what about your most connected experience
0: most connected as far as what
1: as far as like being connected with the other individual or maybe like it wasn't necessarily a Cause like, you know, you can, you can meet people. Sometimes you don't necessarily have like a relationship with them, but it's like, your souls are like, whoa we have met before.
0: For real. I think I had that with a few people like celebrities. Like, I don't know if they actually feel the same vibe, but it's like, but you did. Yeah. It's like a connection there to where it's more of a, I throw it back in the self-care category. It's like, I could take that energy or feel that energy with somebody and then just like vibe off of it, like you were saying earlier.
1: Oh, like you could feel they had like good high self vibes. And so you were able to.
0: So I'm able to like, if I'm down or something, I can build myself up off of that energy. Yeah. You know?
1: yeah. yeah, nice. I didn't even think about it like that, but that's, that's cool. Right. Um, and then what, what would you say? This will be my last question for you. What sexual All experience right. would you say that you've like learned the most from?
0: sexual experience i learned the most from and it can be STD. positive
1: or it can be traumatic you know it's up and to you
0: a lot of people don't talk about it They've got to talk about std it's the first time i caught it std it was a uh, randomly having sex you know i'm saying when you don't have a partner you know what i'm saying you share your body with it. and i got burnt from it so i had to get you know the whole pill or the, the whole nasty or whatever shot it is or whatnot you oh, no. come back from it but i mean that was probably the most traumatic situation from sex, And it happened a couple of times, but.
1: Especially situations like that. Cause you're like, I don't want to tell anyone. Like I. Right.
0: And it's big, but we got to tell people, man, people need to know about it. People need to know how to go get checked out. People need to know. How to I
1: had a poor friend. she was sleeping with this guy who we both worked with. Found out she got <laughs> chlamydia from him. Well. Cleared herself up from it. Slept yeah. with him again and got it again. And I'm like, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> no, it's no bueno. Stop now. You're no.
1: at. I'm like, I love you. Please stop.
0: <laughs> it's real. It, I get it, though. Some people just can't, you know? I don't know. That going back and forth is hard.
1: But I may not have gotten it from you, so... <laughs>
0: yeah
1: um is there anything else that you want to share or like share to any new like listeners or anything
0: exciting that you're uh most definitely uh be looking out for the next single it's called vulnerability uh it'll be a visual with it i'm still kind of working on the details with that uh due to the the COVID, everything is kind of slowed down right now but uh yeah funds is kind of funny so we're working on a lot of little little behind the scene type stuff but uh most definitely check out the brand or check out the um the platform on uh at nateboogie.com www.com and um can they
1: listen to all of your music from there too
0: yeah you can check out all the music on there i'm on every platform from youtube to apple to um, amazon so you can catch me on any type of platform i'm everywhere for sure
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on our episode today. It was really a pleasure talking to you and I'm glad you understand sexual energy and all of that because sometimes I talk about it and people are like, wait, what? It's
0: hard. It's hard. It's it's hard to talk about it, but yeah, most definitely. I appreciate you having me on the show and thanks again.
1: So once again, that was Nate Boogie. If you guys want to go follow him on Instagram, he is always posting very, very uh, motivational things So, always a fun person to have on your feed. That's at NateBoogie1. And then, of course, go to his YouTube and his Facebook and make sure you add him on there as well. Um, Next, I have a fun story for you guys. So, this week, we are going to read... um, I'm still kind of torn on what to be calling this section. I want to be calling it... I like the idea of calling it Thirsty Thursday Stories, but when I think of Thirsty Bitches... I think of ones that are going after like men who are married or like, um, oh, a good way of wording this without sounding like a total asshole. I'm not really sure at the moment, but when I think of thirsty, that's what I think of. So I don't really want to call it thirsty Thursday because I want it to be fun stories. I want it to be things that are very empowering and, um, lusty. Maybe we'll call it lusty, lusty Thursdays. It doesn't have a ring to it, but whatever now it's time for our lusty section of the week our lusty stories of the week okay this story had me fucking dying it's titled nothing better than intimacy the first time my boyfriend henry and i flew across the country to visit my parents i was so nervous i was quite literally shaking i was really close with my parents but i had never brought a partner home to visit them mainly because my previous long-term hookups were almost all women And I didn't want to open that can of worms, but also because I was a total commitment phobe and wasn't ever serious enough with anyone to justify introducing them. So this felt like both a big step in our relationship and an irreversible letter to the universe that we were serious. Henry and I had been dating for about eight months, and I had already met his parents a bunch of times, but that didn't mean that I didn't have any doubts about shoving my parents into our love bubble. My parents had offered to fly us out for Thanksgiving, though. And my mom used her points to bump us up to first class. It was still a red-eye flight, but the generosity meant I couldn't bail out, which was definitely their plan. I'm not a nervous flyer, but my leg was jiggling aggressively next to Henry's before the plane door even closed. He placed one of his large hands gently on my thigh to still my movements. Hey Lily, he whispered softly, his voice like dripping honey. (laughs) You need to chill the fuck out. I can't. I'm going to explode and knock us right out of the sky, I whispered back. You can't use the word explode on a plane. Are you trying to get arrested? If I get arrested, do we still have to go to my parents? Well, I'm not going to bail you out of airport jail. You'd leave me there to rot? No, I'd text your dad to come get you. Wait, you have my dad's number? Yeah, we text to complain about you. (laughs) Ha, <laughs> you're funny. Mostly, it's just swapping stories about you being dramatic, but he's gotten into sending me Onion articles lately. Oh my god, are you serious? Yeah, I'll show you. Henry got out his phone and made sure it was on airplane mode, and scrolled through the text thread with my dad. Angling his phone so that I could see it, here's a Game of Thrones meme he was really proud of. I leaned my head against his shoulder, smiling up at him as he chattered, distracting me and replaying their conversation. After a couple minutes, my legs stopped jiggling. I sighed happily. Gossiping about me aside, it's really cool that you and my dad talk. Henry kissed the top of my head and leaned his head against mine, putting his phone away in his back pocket. It started because I couldn't figure out what to do for our six-month anniversary, and it just kind of went from there. Where did you get his number? From your mom. You have my mom's number too? Yeah, of course. How did you get her number? I messaged her on Facebook to wish her a happy birthday, and it just went from there wait but hold on her birthday is in june you messaged my mom on facebook only after dating me for three months yeah why is that weird i don't know i don't do this kind of thing i gestured between us henry laughed well in my experience this kind of thing doesn't have set timelines i knew i was serious about you and she had already friended me i figured it would be rude not to acknowledge her birthday oh my god so my mom made the first move like mother like daughter huh gross. We all become our parents eventually. I'm thinking about this trip as a sneak peek into our future. Couldn't you have just done a tarot reading instead? Definitely would have been easier, but then how would I have been able to convince your parents to love me more than they love you? I laughed and leaned forward slightly so he could wrap his arm around me. Nuzzling against his chest, I closed my eyes and drifted off into a fitful sleep. My anxiety woke me around an hour later, my stomach and knots all over again. Henry slept next to me, his face against the window, sleeping the blissful sleep of an unanxious asshole. The plane's interior lights were dimmed. The sky behind Henry's stupid, peaceful, beautiful face was pitch black as far as I could see. I flagged down a flight attendant and asked for something carbonated to calm my stomach. She brought me some kind of dark soda and a cup with ice. Smiling, the drink was wonderfully crisp and exactly what I needed. Anything else I can do for you, she asked. "'Can you turn this plane around so my boyfriend doesn't meet my parents?' She laughed loud enough to make Henry stir before readjusting and falling back asleep. "'Unfortunately, I don't think cold feet count as an in-air emergency,' she giggled. "'But I understand the feeling.' She kept me company for a while, distracting me as I waited for the soda to drown the butterflies doing loop-de-loops in my stomach. Her name was Mindy. She'd been a flight attendant for years, bopping around across all the major airlines." Her boyfriend was a pilot, and they were able to line up their schedules so they could end up in the same city at least a couple times a month. I felt guilty for complaining when her problems were so clearly bigger than mine. But she waved me off. Having to meet the parents is nerve-wracking. Mindy pacified me. You're allowed to be freaked out. We paused a moment, smiling softly at each other. How's your stomach, she asked. I gently pressed a hand on my belly, assessing the moment. Definitely better, but I'm wide awake now. Was the soda caffeinated? Shoot, yeah, it was. I'm fine, I'll just watch a movie to entertain myself. Thank you for staying with me, Mindy. She smiled at me, a big genuine grin. Let me know if you need anything else, okay? We've got Pepto-Bismol in a barf bag if you need them. I laughed. I think I'll be fine, but thank you so much. She nodded, still smiling, and walked down the aisle to help out another passenger. I looked over at Henry. He was passed out, his handsome features relaxed as he breathed slowly. I watched his chest rise, fall, and tried to match his breathing patterns. I quickly gave up plugging my headphones into the armrest and scrolling through the movie selection on the provided screen. My legs started jiggling again as the caffeine kicked my nervousness into high gear. Buck, None of the movies looked good. I tossed and turned in my seat, my legs still jiggling, somehow incapable of getting comfortable. Henry woke up, annoyance turning into concern as he looked at me. Are you okay? He asked sincerely, gripping my hand tightly and watching me carefully. I shook my head, staring straight ahead at the seat in front of me. I just have so much fucking nervous energy. Normally, I'd go for a run or masturbate or ask you to bang it out, so this fucking sucks. You can't just rub one out in the bathroom. I'd feel weird masturbating on a plane. Would you feel weird fucking on a plane? I looked at him, smiling in spite of myself. Are you even horny right now? I asked. He snorted, I'm almost always horny enough to fuck you. But also, I'm definitely horny enough to fuck you in a tiny plane bathroom if it means you'll stop jiggling your fucking leg. I kissed him deeply, thankful for the darkened cabin. My leg stilled as he cupped my face, slipping his tongue into my mouth gently. As soon as I pulled away, my leg started shaking again. You have to do something about your leg, Henry whispered, or I'm going to chop it off. Meet me in the bathroom as soon as you can, I whispered as I unbuckled my seatbelt and started standing up. Knocked two taps, then one. He captured my lips quickly one more time before he let me go. His eyes clearly trained on my ass as I walked down the dark aisle to the bathroom. I opened the door and shut it quickly behind me, locked the hatch, and winced at the sudden flood of light. I washed my face quickly, wiping off the nervous sweat that had started accumulating in the drive to the airport. I was drying my face with a paper towel when I heard Henry knock. Smiling to myself, I unlocked and opened the door, stepping to the side to allow him to scoot past me into the narrow space. Henry locked the door over my shoulder and then attacked my mouth. Not even waiting a beat before shoving his hand roughly down the front of my leggings, I moaned into his mouth as he fingered me roughly, spreading my wet juices up and around my clit with wild movements. I matched his frantic energy, pulling his cock out of the waistband of his sweatpants and jerking it up quickly, shallow strokes until he was fully hard. He released my mouth to quickly bark out orders. I did what I was told. Pulling my legs down to my knees and turning around from him while he closed the toilet lid and sat down on it, Henry gripped my hips and pulled me down on his lap, angling his cock against the entrance to my pussy as I sank down on it in one fluid motion. I moaned. My pussy feeling tight and full in large part because he had done very little prep but also because my leggings were constricting my ability to spread my legs. He quickly covered my mouth with his hand. You have to be quiet, he hissed. This is going to be fast. We began thrusting against each other, his pelvis coming up to meet my ass as I swirled my hips in small circles. His other hand held my waist for balance, gripping me almost painfully as he pumped his cock into me forcefully. I scrubbed against my clit with one hand, the other reaching under my shirt and bralette to pinch my own nipples. The naughtiness of fucking in an airplane bathroom was alone enough to send me careening towards an orgasm, but when Henry moved the hand on my waist to sink his thumb into my ass, my body shuddered as I orgasmed, my pussy pulsing sporadically around his cock. He groaned softly, his rhythm faltering slightly as he neared his own orgasm. He removed the thumb from my ass and the hand from my mouth so he could grip my hips tightly with both hands, slamming into me again and again. The sound of our bodies slapping together filled the air mixed with the smell of sweat and sex. I reached one hand behind me to circle his neck, rotating my torso and turning my head to kiss him roughly, biting down on his lip hard. I clenched my pussy until I heard him groan and felt his cum shoot up my cunt. He thrust it a few more times before ceasing his movements. His hands leaving my hips to wrap his arms around me and hold me still. His face rested against my neck. His panting breaths pressing into his chest rhythmically against my side and back. We rested for a minute. All the frantic energy disappearing as quickly as it all started. How's your leg, Henry whispered. Steady as a rock. He kissed my neck once, smiling against my skin triumphantly. I stood up slowly, his cock sliding out of me and flopping down on his thigh. I cupped a hand under my pussy to prevent the dripping cum on the floor and turned, shooing him to step around me and face the corner so I could clean up, pee, and avoid a UTI. You know, keeping the spark alive. I finished up quickly and washed my hands. Henry turned around to face me once he heard the toilet flush. He kissed me again slowly, breaking the kiss with a laugh. Then I flickered water at him with my wet fingertips. We rotated ourselves again so that I was closest to the door. Henry took a step back. "'Oh shit,' I giggled. "'Look at your sweatpants.' A small wet spot had bloomed around the waistband and down the front of his fabric, undoubtedly from my wet pussy rubbing against it roughly. Fuck. That does not look good, Henry whispered, laughing in spite of his worried look. I'll go out first and head back to the seats, I whispered. Take some time to dry off your pants and have the flight attendants forget I was here. He nodded, kissing me one more time and then smacking my ass when I turned to go. I unlocked the door and slipped through it carefully, pulling it behind me and not letting go until I heard Henry click the lock. Oh, hi, a voice said from my left. I startled and looked around to see Mindy sitting in one of the flight attendant's seats, smiling over at me. Guilty was almost certainly the appearance on every inch of my face. How are you feeling, she asked. Any good movies so far? Nothing so far, I said, cheerily trying and failing to keep my voice casual as I turned away to head to my seat. Wait, Mindy called out. I rustled up some caffeine-free sodas, if you'd like. That's so sweet of you, but I already got my free soda. Oh, please, we have plenty to go around, I insist. I begrudgingly took a step back over to her, waiting as she rustled through the drink cart. She pressed a cold soda can into my hand with a smile. Thanks so much, Mindy. It's really not a problem. How are you feeling? Much better, thanks. I'm so glad I was... The bathroom door opened, cutting her off. Her eyes widened in surprise as she saw Henry slip through the door, and he... Startled, slightly, when he saw us, crowded around him. Uh, hi, he whispered. Mindy's eyes flickered between us, quickly putting two and two together. I smiled sheepishly at her, waiting for her reaction. She started laughing, a full belly laugh, with her arms wrapped around her stomach. Well, she gasped, out between giggles. That's one way to get rid of nervous energy. (laughs) Let's get into some questions! Question time! A.K.A. This Week on Reddit. (laughs)
2: <laughs> reddit is a world of crazy get those karmas get those karmas real good be nice to people because if you say something contradictory they'll, they'll minus your karma and it's not a good feeling
1: poor pat so i convinced patrick oh also patrick's doing questions with us this week just so hey, guys
2: what's up y'all <laughs> um
1: so patrick i convinced him to get a reddit because i was talking about how much i love it and he answered a few questions and then he was like, this is so fucking stupid. You were negative, what, 30 karma?
2: It wasn't that bad. It was like 15. Was it? It was only like 15. I, okay. I don't want to exaggerate too much, but it was negative. It was, it was negative. I'd had Reddit for three days. No, not even. My, my Reddit like life status was two days and I had negative karma and I was like, I tried to be nice. And then the other thing I got mad about was there are certain things I couldn't post.
1: Well it'd be different if you like had went and said some shitty shit, but you were your comment that you posted on, the problem was was you were posting positive stuff when people were all on the negative bandwagon. These and people, so therefore everyone jumped on you with their dump down thumbs, even though you were trying to be positive.
2: I just told her to pray for him more and love him more. <laughs> so basically her husband was is is a quote unquote, I'm giving I'm doing the full quote marks conspiracy theorist because at this point in day and age, if you're a conspiracy theorist, in all honesty, you're a fucking realist and you get what the fuck is going on.
1: No, you should get therapy. Okay, we're going to answer <laughs> questions, okay?
2: <laughs> Anyways, this week on Reddit. telling the lady that she wanted therapy, and I said, pray for him, love for him, just be there for him. And everyone else was like, no, what's wrong with you? You're a horrible person. But I'm on Reddit. I have good karma now because I can post pictures of nature. But it won't let me post pictures of my butt. <laughs>
1: this my friends is a promo anyway
2: (laughs) promotion time who you gonna call when you want that promotion look at us just press
1: (laughs) foreplay okay question this week
2: we have one question and two stories this week
1: oh okay Right. perspectives of the week yes that's what we're gonna call this.
2: So, first perspective, why don't you start with the first one? Read the airplane story. We'll start with that one.
1: You're cute. The airplane story was our erotic story, so that one is already done.
2: I thought, okay, okay. Yeah. So, start with, with the dad one then.
1: Okay. Bear with my horrible reading skills.
2: You're getting a lot better. <laughs> Am I? Always.
1: Dab doob, dap, deep, da.
2: Dibbly doop, doop, deep, deep, dop doop.
1: Okay. A year ago, At the age of 20, I made the decision to tell my parents I'm gay. A week ago, my dad made the decision to surprise me with a female sex worker for my 25th birthday. If that sounds weird to you, you're normal. If it doesn't, welcome to my world. My old man gave me the whole nothing beats pussy speech before leaving me alone in the house with a random stranger. I was so embarrassed and awkward, I didn't know how to react. The sex worker introduced herself as Zoe and encouraged me to relax. Without wasting time, I apologized and made it clear that I'm not interested in girls. Zoe asked me a bunch of questions about my sexuality, questions I never had to answer out loud before. Her attitude seemed really sincere, like she genuinely just wanted to learn about my life. The two of us ended up having a good time talking. However, talking turned into touching. Touching turned into my sexual experience, Oh, touching turned into my first sexual experience with another person. (laughs) As soon as we were- both. so wait,
2: so he lost his virginity to an escort at the age of 25. Yes. Okay, I just, I had to, I I know I read it, but I had to like put that as like, okay, you guys, here's where we're at in the story. 25 year old losing his virginity to a woman that his dad paid for him to have sex with a week after he came out to his dad about being gay.
1: No, a year.
2: Oh, a year. A year after coming out.
1: Mm hmm.
2: Okay, continue. I oh, everybody- I'm sorry.
1: The sex worker is 25, so he's 21 now. So okay, he's losing right, his virginity right, right, right. 20 at 21.
2: 20-year-old losing his virginity at 21. Okay, this makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Sex 25. Okay.
1: The sex worker is 25.
2: Okay, 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 okay. okay. Thank you.
1: Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Details.
2: No, you're good. I just want to make sure that everyone who's listening to us can follow My along. My first too.
1: sexual experience with another person
2: 21 years old.
1: I think I'm gay. <laughs> but there is pussy in front of me okay let me continue as soon as we were both naked zoe wrestled me onto my stomach and started humping my butt she humped me harder and harder without slowing down even though nothing was penetrating me the feeling of getting pounded from behind was enough to send me over the edge i came from that alone nothing touched my penis didn't even know that was possible it wasn't over though i wanted to be inside zoe I'll be honest. It felt amazing. It made me question everything I thought I knew about my sexual orientation. It's been a week and I still have no idea what to make of it. My dad is now convinced I was never actually gay and all I needed was the right woman to remind me I'm as straight as they come. Is my dad right? Can you be gay and still enjoy sex with girls? Even now, I don't feel any sexual attraction towards girls. But when I think about Zoe, it makes me excited. Is she a unique case? I'm lost.
2: This is a great story. Yeah. So perspective. Um, first thing, first perspective I want to point out is the dad getting the son a woman to sleep with him. Paid for I have heard of this happening so many times when a kid either turns 18 or 19 or for a 21st birthday, the dad hires a stripper or an escort or something and says, son, here you fucking go.
1: Happy birthday. Welcome to manhood. As
2: an alpha male and as a man, I say, fuck yes. Treat your son. Do it right. Be safe about it. This way, at least you know it's not some high school skank who's been sleeping around with everybody and it's like, all right, here, I know my son's going to be in this situation. I have it's, set him up It's for almost it. like I've you're having an experience
1: rather than playing around with emotion for your first experience. Yes,
2: exactly. And but I there's t-
1: another take on this with being the dad. Because the dad has known that the son came out a year ago, there's the take of, is this some sort of psychological abuse putting him through this situation? Right. Because he very blatantly said that he thinks that he's gay. So leaving him alone with a woman is that... But at the same
2: time, if your son comes to you and says he thinks he's gay, but hasn't had an experience of it yet. And it's your son. And it's your son. Then, of course, you're going to be like, well, let's fucking find out. Yeah. I'm going to put a naked woman in front of you and see if nature takes its course, which it clearly did. Right. You cannot fight nature. And this really goes into showing that sexual experiences are so much on a gray scale that no one is straight and no one is bi and no one is gay. You're
1: on a spectrum.
2: Sex is an experience that we have. And there are some people like you and me who develop an emotional connection and want to build a life together. Yes, we have a lot of sex and it's really great. But at the same time, we are also still attracted to other people.
1: Right. right. And so
2: we're kind of coming into a part of our relationship where we understand that these are experiences and we're human. And, and just because you... I guess this is the part where you dive into the intimacy versus just sex. But that's a whole topic for another night. Well, but
1: here's a funny thing. Even though these two have just met, that's an intimate moment right there. Making someone to be able to reach climax just by fully jumping into their energy and what feels right for them. That's what this sex worker did. They jumped into his energy What she took the time to. mm -hmm. Yeah. To have full awareness of what was going on with him and just jumped into that.
2: Exactly. Shannon didn't have a strap on. He would have been.
1: I think it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful she didn't have a strap on because it's like, first of all, this is your first sexual experience. And this sex worker was gentle with you. Gentle while being rough.
2: Man, I wish he'd gone into a little bit more detail as far as like emotion and experiences, like what he was feeling and stuff, because this is, this is such a wild experience for a so-called gay person to have.
1: Mm-hmm. And especially coming from his dad too, because some households, like I almost feel like the household that they're coming from is a little bit more of a playful, communicative type of thing. For the dad to be able to feel comfortable to do that, like it feels like it's just coming from more of a dynamic to where they're exploring, understanding each other rather than trying to force opinion in understanding each other.
2: I can I can totally see that as as far of a more progressive parenting style. The way I interpreted it was as a conservative dad being like, "Fuck no, my son's not gay. Let's put some pussy in front of him."
1: Yeah. Well, and also it's but like, it,
2: but it's so hard to tell from the diagnosis. Well, it's like
1: part of cancel culture. Another yeah. form of cancel culture is this label culture. I need something to label me in order and for define... me to fit, like, in order for me to feel like I'm involved, like I'm a part. No, you don't need a label. You need to get out there and fucking experience. Exactly. Experiences are the only thing that are going to drive you towards where your passions are. Yep. Finding your labels isn't going to do anything. Finding your labels is literally just your subtitle. For okay, I'm giving myself permission to experience now.
2: Here's the box I want to stay in for this. How about you go media. experience
1: first? Exactly. I like that one. That was
2: great. That was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'll we'll, we'll go to mine now and we'll we'll go to an actual question. Okay. For
1: I interview. mean, it's an actual question. He wants to know if he's if he's gay, even though he still enjoys sex with women. And it's like, remove the labels. You enjoy sexual experiences.
2: Well, I mean, we, are you we, gay? We, are
1: you straight? Does we, it fucking matter? We
2: even got into a conversation with that because we've had a very turbulent relationship in the last four years. Our first year and a half, two years were great, but it's led us to a place where you have kept back doors open and have gone and been with people who you had been with in the past, but you've also shown that we've had a relationship with. And, and from what you've told me, he's batshit crazy about me. So it's like, it also makes me question and come into my realization like, well, If I'm supposed to unlearn everything I've ever learned and everything I've ever told, then is it is it like does gay even matter, or is it just an experience? Like if I were to have two people come swap my cum, like why does it matter if one has tits or not?
1: Right. And if both are passionately excited about doing so for you, then and want to be
2: pegged while I fuck you. Then like, you know, who am I to say like no? I don't want to experience that when clearly my my body reacts in a way that's like hmm. That sounds fun. I want to experience that. Well, the first time we talked about it, my dick got fucking hard about it. I was like, that actually sounds like a fucking blast.
1: Yeah, I was honestly very surprised. I don't know if you guys remember, but back in episode divine number 13 was essentially the week where I was talking about ripple effects and accountability and making sure that you let people know the situations that you have created in your life so that way they can decide where their life needs to go. And that's basically summing up what i had to let you know about the things that i had been doing because our relationship was the weird dynamic in which it was and when i told you about all the stuff i was even surprised that you were so turned on by all of it well
2: that wasn't the initial reaction the initial reaction was so much anger yeah And, and I had to really sit with it and meditate and really feel that and be like, and ask myself, why, why am I feeling this way? Why am I upset about that? She's still here. She's still with me. She still loves me. We still connect on that same level. Why, why am I so upset that, I mean, I was upset that you didn't communicate about it to me. But at the same time, I was playing psychological games. Yeah. Consciously or subconsciously. I'm still learning, trying to figure out what the fuck I was actually doing and going on there. But like. I, it took me some, it took me probably two or three weeks for me to really think about that and like go over it in my head and visualize what it would be like to be with you and him mm-hmm. or just be with a guy. And I mean, definitely I got excited about being on a boat with the both of you too. Because who doesn't want to be naked on a boat or get a blowjob on a boat fucking <laughs> <laughs> <like>, come on. But <laughs> when I thought about it, I was like, like, what, why would that be so different? He's not asking me to fuck him. He's not asking me, he's not wanting to fuck me. He's not wanting to violate me in any way. He just wants to admire and experience and be pleasured by my dick. Mm -hmm. And as an alpha male and someone who's very dominant, like that turns me on. I like, I like to dominate people. I like to be in control. I like to have that more aggressive style about me. And if I can fuck my girlfriend while she pegs you and all three of us get off, who am I to say that's a bad thing? Right. That sounds like a blast. That sounds fun.
1: Your dick said it sounded like fun. <laughs> should we, should we, I mean, this, that's kind of like a perfect segue into this next one. Load it up. All right. Last night, I, 19, had my first threesome. Two guys and one girl. Guy number one is 25, was my roommate, and the girl, 25, was his fiance. The two of them approached me with the idea of a male-female MFM threesome.
2: Some people call it MMF. You M- can put the letters in any way that you want.
1: Oh, okay. The two of them approached me with the idea of a threesome and pitched it as a win-win situation for all of us. On one hand, you'll get to explore their kinky side with someone they trust. And on the other hand, I get to lose my virginity in the company of two experienced people who know me. Not going to lie, awkwardly losing my virginity in front of two people, especially two people who are my friends, one of which who lives with me, made my asthma flare up. But they, ended, <laughs> but they ended up making me feel comfortable enough to agree with it. Fast forward to my roommate and I coming all over his fiance. She was face down, ass up on the bed, butt cheeks covered in nut juice. Without thinking, I licked all the cum off her ass, mine as well as my roommate's. I flipped her over and kissed her before swallowing the load. She licked my lips. Then we, she licked my lips when we were done kissing, which kind of turned me on all over again. My roommate pretended like he was gonna throw up and joked about how gross that was. I pretended like I was gonna kiss him too and he literally ran out of the bedroom. It was fun. It was all fun and games or so I thought. This morning, my roommate called me gay for being so willing to, to not only swallow my own cum but also his cum. His entire attitude was different now. According to him, the only reason he played it so cool at the time was because his fiance seemed to enjoy it. He said both of us behaved inappropriately by kissing each other in the way, in that way, and made it impossible for him to participate. I apologize and made it clear with my intention, made it clear that my intention was never to make anyone feel uncomfortable or left out. He said he won't hold it against me because it was my first time, but advised me never to do that again because it was not really something straight guys do.
2: I asked him, what? No, 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 you're going to read. I have a first off because. I
1: I asked him if we're cool and he said, he said he can no longer look at me the same. He can no longer look at me the same way knowing I had his cum in my mouth. One, did I cross the line? And for two, is swallowing cum somehow not for straight guys?
2: And this goes into the whole, what is gay? What is straight? What is, what is the sexual experience? Why Why are you obsessed
1: with labels? One of the most beautiful things about energy and sexual experiences is that you do not know where it's going to go. And this is one of the things that like I love about going out dancing because you are building an energy, you're building you know, kind of just something that could go in any direction and it's fun and it's exciting and you don't know what's going to happen with it. You don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know what experiences you're going to have. It doesn't necessarily mean like going all the way as fucking someone, but it's still an energy buildup. You know, it's still a connection that's made. It's something that you haven't experienced before. Right. You know, so I feel like with situations like this, like you should be able to go into sexual experiences without having all of these crippling things in the back of your mind of if I do this, are they going to think this about me?
2: So it's not crippling things. It's judgment. Mm-hmm. Let's remove all judgment from anything, especially sexual experiences, because as soon as you put judgment on it, everybody has a bad experience. Yeah. And you could tell from the immediate after reaction of that, as soon as there were judgment, everyone was like, uncomfortable and stuff but if you before that happened when he was just in the moment and fucking licked all that cum and made out with her she fucking loved it
1: yes and honestly i wonder if the boyfriend saw that moment as like oh shit you just excited her in a way that for one i've never done and for two you just explored something so new but really the newness is what's exciting about it it's not that she's interested in having multiple flavors of cum in her mouth (laughs)
2: <laughs> if there even are multiple flavors that you can differentiate.
1: Everyone's got a flavor.
2: <laughs> I am I've never swallowed cum, so coming from someone who's never versus. Every someone pussy's who asks, got a flavor. That is true. Yeah. That is very true. Every asshole's
1: say. got a flavor. I'm pretty sure every nipple's got a flavor.
2: <laughs> I feel like nipples and assholes are pretty mutual. I know, just
1: kidding. Hopefully. <laughs> if they're not. Oh nipples. my
2: god, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess if you're lactating
1: with the nipples, that'd be different. Then they're sweet.
2: And the, uh... <laughs> I, I, I would fuck a up so hard. <laughs> oh my I, god! Wow.
1: <laughs> you digress.
2: I really hope my dad never listens to this podcast.
1: That's why when you tell your family about it, I'm like, it's a sex podcast. I literally, I don't even, I don't even don't know even fluffy words anymore. It's a, it's sex, a podcast. sex podcast, and I stare them in their soul. You you if really you want welcome. to hear me talk you about really... dick, pussy, and all of that, then great, <laughs> uh, go you're listen welcome to it. To...
2: <laughs> I wonder if Mom's ever listened to
1: an episode. She probably listened to one of them and was like, mm. "No." Okay, so anyway, back to this my question. Son.
2: Stop. What just happened? <laughs> yeah, it's just a sexual experience. If someone's really like in that moment and that happens, how can you be mad at that? That's just an experience that happened in the moment.
1: And a better way to handle it, his friend should have like it's totally cool for something to not be for you, right? But it's like it's like you, when I eat oysters and you're like in the corner, of my eye gagging.
2: I haven't. I don't do that anymore.
1: No, I know. I'm using it for an example. Fair enough. It's like it's not necessary. If it makes you gag that I eat the oyster, do not watch my mouth as I slurp the damn thing down. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know.
2: If you're not comfortable with with, and your also roommate, don't be
1: pissed that a 19 year old is a fucking baller, baller in the bed
2: and a virgin too. Oh my <laughs> god, the fact that he was a virgin and it was just like I'm gonna put this. Cum I'm gonna and lick this off your chick's ass her. cheeks. I'm in the moment. Let's fucking go.
1: Can you imagine being that guy watching that happen? A 19 year old is licking
2: your 25 year old fiance's.
1: No, is ass. licking your cum, your cum, your cum off your fiance's ass combined with Both his. With and then fucking slaps her on the face with a nice wet kiss with it.
2: <laughs> <As> she <licks laughs> and it. she As loves she it. And she licks it off her lips.
1: With that, you guys, I don't know that we have any more left. We should probably just end the episode here. <laughs>
2: Well, we have one more question. I know, I'm just kidding. Can we make romance cool again? I don't know if it's just me, but the guys I date aren't ever romantic. I would love flowers and creative little dates. Thoughtfulness. It's not cheesy. It would make me so happy and I'd want to give my partner the world. It just seems like guys I've dated always want to act cool, tough, and indifferent. They try to impress me with money and expensive dinners. I don't care about that stuff. Can anyone else relate? Yes. Tell me more. Oh, my God. I mean, when I was in high school, I believed in romance. And then I got to the age of 23. I won't say 23. I'll say 22. I was informed that I was a pretty white boy who women liked. And I changed my whole, I guess, you have to go back to being before that college. I didn't even believe in love. So then fast forward four years of me kind of being... A stoner hanging out with my best friends, playing video games, not really interested in women because I was just trying to fucking survive mm-hmm. to get into a place where I met my best friend and all of a sudden me and him are just on these escapades all the time as these really attractive young males who are young, fit and like pussy mm-hmm. and and it completely romance goes out the window. My ro- romance went all out the window because it was all about running trains and how many girls can you hook up with in a week and what can you get this girl to do? What drugs can we go on and have this kind of experience with this person? And it Well was, and it's I like mean, if
1: one requires too much work, then get a different one.
2: Yeah, I mean we even got to a point where I was I, I was seeing a girl and we were getting pretty close and then all of a sudden it turned into a threesome. It wasn't even it wasn't even a thruple. It was a, it was a summer of threesomes it started out on different
1: threesomes or the same people in the same
2: three people but just a whole summer of it started because me and her had been hooking up we worked together and had been spending a lot of time together and then one night the three of us did a bunch of molly went out to the beach and we were it was three o'clock in the morning and we were laying in the middle of these dunes
1: do you think she considered this romance
2: i don't know we never ever had like conversations about it we were always so in the moment it's probably just fast fun it was so much fast fun because all we were out on the beach did Molly and all of a sudden both of both of our dicks were being grabbed at the same time and we look at each other and it's like okay we going we go and this is happening and then it just turned into a summer of just that repeating and like but you
1: had more than just that one friend and so did you see romance happening with your other friends who were in relationships but also who no, were a part of
2: your world no not at all there was so much cheating and debauchery have and you seen
1: any males in which you're like dude he's got romance down
2: maybe mikey i could see that Mike Mike, he would be the only one. And I'm gonna leave see. his name
1: in here because I feel like he'll take it as a compliment. He will,
2: he will, because he comes off as very hardened and very cholo punk rock.
1: But he's a teddy bear when he picks he's a woman. He's a fucking
2: teddy bear when he picks a woman, and he will do anything for her and show her the world, and he will save up money so he can take her on dates and take her on adventures. And it it doesn't help. And see, any. that's
1: what I see as romantic is someone spending the time to It doesn't necessarily have to be that you've saved up a specific amount of money, but the fact that you were willing to put your things on hold for a minute to be able to build up finances to provide something like to that, to, to women, that's romantic. It doesn't have to be in a huge abundance.
2: And let me make this very clear because I have struggled with this in terms of providing. It does not necessarily mean providing shelter food life and all that it's providing an experience Mm -hmm. it's providing a moment in time where the two of you don't have to stress or worry about anything and can connect and and just be there with each other
1: Mm -hmm. yep i would say experience is everything when it comes to romance
2: 100 percent, because you can have a cheesy little picnic date that costs you 25 dollars pick up a 10 or of wine and some cheese and meat and go have a picnic out by the water.
1: I've on- honestly, I've heard some of the rom- most romantic love stories of like people who have engaged to their significant other with literally nothing but like what a piece of fucking string. Mm-hmm. Those are romantic moments. If you can make something that has no monetary value,
2: have bo- emotionally
1: have significant, in a moment, then that's romance. And you can do it in any aspect. And I think a lot of people get afraid to explore what it is that is their creative style. And so people kind of think like, Oh, I'm not romantic because I don't do this and I don't do that. And therefore I will never fit in the romantic bubble. But I'm it's like in that.
2: you were for I, a very
1: long time because you defend certain aspects rather than exploring what you am could a little do. Bit what you could do instead of what you can't do.
2: Yes. Um, And the flip side of that same coin, in terms of what I feel like I can't do but should be doing, has been perpetrated into my mind by rom-coms that have been thrown into our world. I'm a big movie person, and so I spend a lot of my time watching movies. So I see these rom-coms with these dramatic, flaring, romantic things to do, and I'm like, that's fucking extravagant. I don't think I could ever... I can't do that. Like Fuck that. it all. I can't
1: do anything. I
2: can't rent a bus and drive cross country and paint the windows and shout at you that like these are multi million dollar productions that they're doing to create this air of romance, and it, it makes it feel to like create such a facade a of romance. Yeah, it makes it feel like this such far fetched thing. That's I mean, even Knights and Nobles, like a knight going and slaying a fucking dragon, like that's some intense fucking shit to go fucking do for a woman. That's some fucking romance and it's it's in this day and age with how many people are and how competitive it is, it, it feels very hard to live up to that standard and it's almost easier to just play aloof.
1: Yeah. Well, and then also being on the woman's side, it's very easy to do the same thing on the spectrum where it's like, well, if he's not willing to do this that or the other i can always go to a different one if I, but unfortunately, his, if I can't be
2: his princess i'll go find my prince
1: right but then you also have the other you know you you have women in there's multiple everything's on a spectrum so you're gonna have females who are gonna be that way but you're also gonna have females who are very much going to just be codependent yep. and coddled to you not providing any romance which is kind of what i did like i was like well pat's not romantic i just you know and it's not that
2: I'm not romantic, it's just that the romance was so drowned out and so like I feel like it in my life because I watch so many romantic comedies, like I have the romantic capacity, even though I tell myself that I don't, but it's been so bombarded with water and suppressants and other stuff that I feel
1: like I It's almost don't like anymore. you slapped it on a cheesy card and you were like, That's fucking cheesy and just like
2: I think that's the best way to put it, or or Hallmark. Hallmark sums it up.
1: Yeah. Rather than thinking like, rather than taking romance in the mindset of how can I make this person feel special? Instead, yes. it's being caught up in the terminology, oh, the label. I need label. to get them a
2: card. I need to get them flowers. I need to do this. The terminology and the
1: label of romance. But the it's like, labels. how can I make you feel special? Because I want to make you feel special. Right.
2: Which I've slowly been learning and I feel like I've been getting better at. But mm-hmm. it's 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 so hard to get out of that delusion of what the mainstream media and society has portrayed as rom- romance. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's hard on my spec on my end of it, too, because oh, yeah. I could be the individual who wants to use all of the sed- seductiveness tactics to force you to be a specific way.
2: Well, on the other side of that same coin is all the Disney princesses who think, I deserve to be treated like a fucking princess. Just treat me like a princess. Do everything for me. Take care of me. Rescue me. Feed me. Heal me. Do me. Everything. And so these girls are sitting there like, I'm just waiting for my prince charming. he's going to fix everything for me. And it's nah. like, fuck nah, bitch. You're a fucking queen. Get your shit together and pull your shit up.
1: As soon as you have polished your vessel. Right. Your prince will have no choice but to be like, that's my light. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: <laughs> and here you and me are polishing our vessels while we're like, my queen, my prince, my queen, my prince. Polish, polish, polish.
1: We're like polishing each other and throwing mud at each other at the same time.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna you're looking too pretty. You. You're too pretty. You're too, you're too pretty. pretty. I love you too much. Stop <laughs> it! <laughs> you're doing too good. Come back to me.
1: You're 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 doing well. I don't like that.
2: I'm not doing well with you. Hold on. Wait for me. Wait for me. Mud. Mud. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm catching up. Hold on. Hold on. Sabotage. 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 Oh my god. Long story short
2: grayscale of everything there's no labels there's no labels there's no black and white everything's on a fucking scale go experience everything you can experience and don't judge yourself don't judge the people around you don't judge yourself go into it with an open heart and if it's not for you you learned it's not for you and you had an experience. If it's for you, you fucking learned you liked something and you had a great experience.
1: Yeah. And if it's not for you, don't try and make reasons and excuses as to how it could be for you if you did this, that, or the other. Right. Like, I feel like it's so important to just truly stay true to yourself, even if you do offend people, even if you do touch butts and hurt feelings, you know what I mean? It's like-
2: I think it's in the tarot deck. I think it's like the Ace of Swords or the King of Swords or something, and I, I, I- I did one of those tarot readings, and it was like, you're about to be really honest with people, and you're going to hurt feelings, but you're going to speak your truth, and, and it's going to be what it is, and it's going to be healing.
1: Yes, for you and them. Yes. Because then they can speak their truth, and I think that's something beautiful. Exactly. All right. Well, with that, thank you so much for listening. We'll Hell yeah. catch you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.